Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. One final football full circle to round out your week. Live here on a Friday on Sports Grid Radio in Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Steeman alongside Rich Sermonello for a second straight day on this Friday afternoon where, Rich, where's the drama? Yesterday was one of the best days covering college football I've had in quite some time. A war of words between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. The head coach of Alabama fires a shot at Jimbo on late Wednesday night about recruiting. Jimbo hosts a press conference to fire back yesterday morning. Nick Saban apologizes later in the afternoon but clarifies some thoughts on name, image, and likeness. But today, Rich, on a Friday to end out the week, nobody's name calling anybody. We need to stir some drama up here on Football Full Circle. (laughs) How about this for uh, drama? And hey, Ben, hope you had a great week. Looking forward to the next hour. How about a little drama that uh, last year's Bulletin off a uh, winner, Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh, mm. ACC champs. We're not talking about a kid who's leaving D2 or, or an FCS school or, you know, Sunbelt. Uh, leaves the ACC champs uh, headed out west, as was rumored for quite some time, uh, to play with Caleb Williams, to play with Lincoln Riley, uh, and give USC perhaps one of the top offenses in the country and, and a dynamic receiving core. So Jordan Addison makes it official yesterday uh not a lot of uh drama like we saw with with Jimbo and Nick yesterday but for me fascinating uh to see what is happening in terms of the transfer portal uh NIL and the impact on Lincoln Riley's first team at Troy Certainly so, because Jordan Addison tried to sneak that under the rug yesterday, right after Nick Saban appeared on Sirius XM. Our brethren over at Channel 84 to clarify some of his comments, apologizing for singling out any specific program. We got the official news that Jordan Addison was transferring to USC. It was expected becoming official yesterday. And Jordan Addison has been the figurehead of a lot of this debate around name, image, and likeness in its its true essence versus a pay-for-play type of idea, which we have seen in this Wild West format now with booster back collectives nearly paying players to come to campus just to play the sport of football. There were some reports, some rumors around what that money looked like for Jordan Addison. The Blitnikoff Award winner as the best wideout in CFB last year would get if he went to Southern Cal. And we'll break that all down because out in the Pac-12, tons of changes 
and more of what we might see in the college football landscape over the coming months here, Rich, throughout the summer and maybe in coming years as well. We'll get to that in just a minute. But of course, all the focus yesterday, Rich, as we discussed after we witnessed Jimbo Fisher's press conference in the aftermath of that yesterday live on our show on Football Full Circle, dissecting the quotes that Jimbo had to say, trying to make sense of it all, providing the context that is always necessary for things like this. Nick Saban went on Sirius XM Channel 84 yesterday and discussed his comments a little bit further. Again, apologizing for singling out any specific program, which actually led to SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey issuing a reprimand of both Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Rich, did you ever have Nick Saban being reprimanded by the SEC League offense before Lane Kiffin? <laughs> no, no, that's a good point. I, I it, was that on FanDuel because if not, it it should have been. I I, I <laughs> would have, have taken yeah, I would have taken Lane in in that regard. And, and Lane was just uh, as as he actually said was speechless uh, over what was taking place. And and no, but I I think it really does speak to the environment that we're in right now. There's such a level of chaos, wild wild west, mm-hmm. when it comes to those two big topics, whether it's NIL transfer portal. And the impact that it's having on recruiting, I, I think because of the landscape that we're in right now and what we're seeing, it really should come as no surprise that we have, yeah. you know, such a reputable figure like Nick Saban. Uh, Jimbo, not quite as much. Jimbo, I'm, I'm not shocked, as you accurately said yesterday, uh, give Jimbo a mic and he will filibuster yeah. for, for hours. Um, right. So, yeah, it, it's just a very strange time that we're in. And it's it's fun from a media perspective. I love talking about it. Uh, but I do think there are some unhealthy aspects for the sport. I, I think there has to be some changes. There have to be right. uh, some restrictions that get put into place. And again, I'm not I'm not about uh, restricting student athletes. I love the fact that they're getting mobility, that they're getting an opportunity to make money. But the system that we have right now, the haves and the have-nots, which have been moving further and further apart year after year, uh, the the chasm between them right now is as big as I've ever seen. And Rich, we'll further this discussion because it's very interesting. Again, you could take Nick Saban's comments on Wednesday night in Birmingham leading up to the World Games as a way of him lamenting NIL, of saying how bad NIL is for the sport. There have been times where Nick Saban has been critical of name, image, and likeness. And he furthered on those comments yesterday on the radio show after apologizing for signaling out two specific programs in Jackson State, but of course the one making more of the headlines in Texas A&M. But still saying there needs to be further restrictions on what is happening because this model is completely out of control and unsustainable. And we'll further that discussion up next on the other side of the break on Football Full Circle because it's worth having. Nick Saban is not against NIL. Jimbo Fisher is not even against NIL. They are doing it or trying to have it be done in a way that has guidelines and restrictions in place that makes it more of a fair process. We'll continue that conversation up next year on Football Full Circle where college football is the focus on this Friday. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We continue on football full circle on this Friday. College football, the focus, yes, even in the late portion of the month of May because when you have a war of words yesterday between two of the biggest coaches in the sport and Nick Saban at Alabama and Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, it brings CFB to the forefront. I am Ben Stevens alongside Rich Sermonello on this Friday FFC. And Rich, we were just discussing the aftermath of what we saw following Jimbo Fisher's heated press conference yesterday calling out Nick Saban for Nick's comments about Texas A&M buying in quotes its top rated recruiting class in college football history and the topic falls down to NIL name image and likeness and Jimbo said it yesterday we didn't cheat we didn't break any laws in the state of Texas Jimbo was correct they didn't do anything wrong and there's an idea right now I believe, Rich, that still in college football, although name, image, and likeness is legal, that money being paid to college athletes is still seen as icky. It's taboo. Mm -hmm. We don't like seeing it. It has happened behind closed doors for probably as long as college football has been going on, but now it's out in the forefront. And so what we're discussing here now is some of Nick Saban's comments about the institution of NIL and the restrictions that need to be put into place because as we are seeing it play out in this first year of its institution is unsustainable and we'll try to cipher through some of that mess right now. Yeah, so I I, I think the point about uh, the ickiness of paying college athletes, I just, I think, really just comes down to the fact that uh, it, that's what we've always associated with paying athletes because it was illegal. Right. It was illegal by NCA standards. Uh, the way it's constructed right now, uh, college athletes, student athletes making money, uh, whether it's name, image, likeness, whether it is some kind of a consortium backed by boosters is now yeah. legal. And it's just something that it's going to be difficult, especially for older generations who think still that, you know, getting that degree, this is this is a privilege to have a scholarship, to be able to play college sports. It is this mentality, too. There's almost a psychological mentality to it, Ben, where these individuals who believe that athletes should not be compensated, their mindset is, I would do that for free. You've probably heard that many times before. I would do that for free. What a great opportunity. I get a chance to be a star athlete, uh, enjoy Saturdays every day in Lincoln, Nebraska, in front of that crowd. Mm-hmm. And how, they should not be paid. Like, there's something. St- 
perceived as so dirty. And I think that concept has to change because it's yep. it's not going to go away. I do think there will be restrictions. And I think there has to be because when you look at professional sports, we're able to have some degree of parity where every organization, some more than others, but there are salary caps in place. So we're able to restrict the money so that you know there aren't two or three massive big market organizations that dominate year after year. So there is a guideline when it comes to compensation. As it stands now, there is nothing in place that would prevent the Alabamas, the A&Ms, the USC's, the Clemson's from opening up the coffers and and get as much money in the hands of athletes as possible. That, to me, is the icky part of it. The fact that you can have such a wide, you know, uh, wide degree of, of difference in terms of who can spend and who can't spend, that is what will kill college sports, in my opinion. And that is what the NCAA is now finally trying to legislate. And I emphasize that because we all knew name, image, and likeness was coming. It was put into practice, legalized on July 1st of this past year, 2021, last summer. And instead of the NCAA getting out in front of it after their Supreme Court case was decided unanimously against them, nine votes to none, when you can get anything in Washington to be unanimous, you should know how staunch of a decision that is. Instead of the NCAA having some foresight, trying to do something good, again, they punt the ball down the road, and it has come back to bite them and collegiate athletics in the behind, where the sun don't shine, where everybody knows what we're discussing. And now the NCAA is trying to put regulations in place to try to dissolve or at least legislate what these booster back collectives are doing. And again, the distinction needs to be made. NIL, name, image, and likeness, in its essence, is playing is paying a player for that. His name, image, or likeness. He or she can profit off how marketable they are. Like any celebrity, like any well-known public figure, if they have a marketing deal, a commercial, a social media sponsorship, they can make that money where in years past they were unable to. The booster back collectives seemingly are just paying kids to come to campus to play a sport. Sure, they'll do some NIL appearances to get under that loophole, but it's different. And the legislation needs to be put in place to try to stifle that, to try and control that. And Rich, that's what Nick Saban said yesterday. And this idea that Nick Saban is against NIL or that college football coaches are against NIL, I think are false. When you look at the comments that Nick Saban has made, it's all about legislating it. To have the Mm -hmm. system that we see now that is the Wild West look a lot different. So it's more controllable from a legislation standpoint where kids are still able to make their money and good for them because that should be happening in this billion dollar plus revenue system but it needs to be legislated when you look at what Nick Saban has said over this past year since NIL became a thing one of the first big storylines of NIL was last summer at SEC media days when Nick himself said that his eventual Heisman winning quarterback in Bryce Young was going to make a seven figure name image and likeness deal this past year when Nick himself 
said that Tuscaloosa has its own booster back collective that has offered to pay his players and has paid his players up until this point nearly $3 million in NIL deals. So Nick is at the forefront of it. But I think all coaches in really whatever sport, our focus obviously college football right here, Rich, want restrictions in place. They want guidelines in place instead of this what exactly is happening new world where nobody really has their finger on the pulse. Yeah, and, and the big question, Ben, is is who who initiates those changes? Yeah, because exactly. the NCAA has shown for as long as I've been alive, for as long as I've been covering the sport, they've been completely completely inept. They've had yep. no ability. There was an opportunity uh, in the past to um, to get NIL going in such a way where it was manageable, and they completely dropped the ball. So I can't count on the NCAA to do the right thing. I don't even know if they'll have the authority moving forward to do the right thing. So there have to be restrictions. There have to be guidelines. But who? Yeah, who who is the individual? Who is the governing body at this point that is able to legislate that? I think that's the the frightening part about it is I don't think there's anyone who can do it. Number one, and number two, that is going to be so difficult to to actually put into writing. I don't know what those guidelines would look like. This is not the NFL. Uh, this is not, you know, we don't have a, a, a commissioner who would be able to, we don't have, um, we don't have unions. We don't have player unions. We don't have owners. We don't have these established governing bodies that can sit at a table and say, okay, this makes sense for both the student athletes, uh, the universities, the game at large. Um, that to me is the biggest concern because I don't know if there's anyone out there who can actually get to the finish line with this. And as we've seen in the legal system, the NCAA is not necessarily looked fondly upon. So a lot of these booster back collectives and their legal teams aren't shaking in their boots. Now that the NCAA is trying to put in some of these guidelines and restrictions, they've been acting in compliance based on what name, image, and likeness is allowed to be right now. Loopholes, whatever you want to call it, but in the legal way of the law, in the legal letter of the law, in compliance with what NIL is at this point. And again, there was an insinuation in Nick Saban's comments that when Jimbo Fisher bought the top-rated recruiting class this past year, the best-ranked recruiting class in the history of college football, that buying a recruit or buying somebody is the bad issue. We'll further that discussion because money being involved, tempting a player to come to your school with the NIL NIL possibilities is a good thing and what the best programs in college football are going to continue to do. We dive even deeper up next here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. FFC on a Friday, a football Friday here on Sports Grid Radio and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Rich Simonello on this wonderful Friday in the month of May, continuing our conversation around college football. It's been on the forefront, the top of our minds, following the war of words between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. That leads to a lot of conversation in CFP. We're going to round out our talk about NIL here in just a couple of moments before diving into some more news that Rich brought up at the top of the show. Some more drama, if you will. Certainly a headline to discuss, and Jordan Addison officially transferring now to USC because the landscape of college football is changing, both in where players are going, the transfer portal, NIL, and also just how conferences are formatted as well. So, Rich, as we were saying right before we got to the break, when Nick Saban uttered those comments on Wednesday night in Birmingham ahead of the World Games at this random media event that sparked this firestorm we have seen in the last 48 hours in CFP. There's still that connotation that buying players is a bad thing, that it's under the rug. What really you're saying there in terms of using NIL money, which is what Jimbo Fisher and A&M did to get this best-rated recruiting class in the history of college football, that's a good thing. That's what should be happening. That's coaches using this new system that we are all in. Yes, trying to figure it out and regulate it, but using the new system we are in to incentivize players who deserve to see their slice of the pie come play for your program. I just think Nick was a little pissed he got beat finishing one step behind Jimbo as the second best rated recruiting class this year and that Jimbo used this new system a little bit better than Nick Saban did. Both of these coaches as probably 99% of the coaches in college athletics are, are in favor of further restrictions to what the NIL system looks like right now and further guidelines to how it all operates. But at the end of the day, they are both, Nick, Jimbo, and many others, Rich, using this system to their benefit to bring in the best recruiting classes their programs have seen. Yeah, and Ben, isn't this a sign of progress that we're really, and there are going to be outliers, but most people are no longer having the debate, which was a debate we had for many years, should student athletes be paid? Should should they have the ability to make money for their expertise in whatever sport they that may be? We're not having that debate any longer. It's, it's generally accepted in most circles. Uh, even most coaches will tell you, yeah, these guys should get paid. It's not the universities paying them, by the way. They're not employees. There are outside organizations that are footing the bill. Uh, 
uh, for these NIL deals, oftentimes the corporate world, uh, who in turn will benefit for that exposure and that relationship. But we're no longer discussing should these kids get paid. It's now a case of what level of pay, what type of pay uh, is equitable, what type of pay is within NCAA guidelines. To me, that still is a sign of progress, number one. Number two, and I'd really like your take on this. Um, fans have really begun to, at, at every level, NFL, uh, NBA, college sports, they've really begun to vote at the turnstile or in front of the tube with their viewership. Is this ticking off a certain amount of college fans, the purists who believe that these are just student athletes, they're so annoyed that these guys are getting paid, that the Bryce Youngs are making seven digits, that, you know, um, uh, who was it? B. John Robinson, I saw, got a deal, a Lamborghini deal down in yeah. Austin, Texas. Is that annoying enough fans where they stop turning out and supporting the sport? I don't think so. I don't think it will. I think it looks a little bit different, but I think if you really know college football, Rich, you have an understanding that some of this has been happening, and hopefully you have an understanding, at least you would try to see the perspective, that college football is a billion-dollar-a-year revenue industry, that this system that we operate in with TV rights and all that goes into it for these Power Five conferences especially, the players are deserving of seeing their slice of the pie, of having their seat at the table when it comes to being the ones that provide that revenue, that the revenue is as high as it is and they get some of that. I think it's still this idea though of the Wild West, of no regulation and no restriction to what is happening that makes people uncomfortable including the college coaches that are trying trying to figure out what this landscape looks like and the compliance departments and all of the recruiting staffs that go in to high-level college football. I also said this a couple of weeks ago, Rich, as we started this conversation on football full circle, mainly in the conversation around Jordan Addison, who has become a figurehead, whether he meant to or not, in terms of some of this name, image, and likeness conversation. Is it NIL or is it pay for play? And we'll get to that in just a couple of moments. When you think about college football, CFB has always been chalk, especially in the college football playoff era. We have now seen the CFP in its iteration for eight seasons. 32 available spots when you have four each and every year. 32 available spots in six teams, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. Those six schools have taken 25 of the 32 spots. The idea that there is all this parity or that Purdue, if they had a better booster back collective or San Jose mm -hmm. State, if their biggest boosters were helping get players to campus, would have a shot. It doesn't look all that different, even in this NIL era, than, in my opinion, it has before. The haves are still the haves, but the beauty about college football is that although Georgia beat Alabama for a national championship game, some of the biggest storylines and what we remember from last year in college football was the nine-overtime thriller, in air quotes, between Penn State and Illinois. The fact that Kansas upset Texas and a fullback who caught the game-winning touchdown did the horns down and got him 
himself an NIL deal with Applebee's. Those are some of the memories that stand out. That a random Saturday in October for your favorite school, Purdue, against its rival in the Big Ten West in Minnesota, can win a dramatic football game, and that's what you remember, maybe even more so than a national championship game. College football, Rich, in my opinion, is unique in that way, where a single day, a single day can be a lasting memory of a season, not just the overall result of the one team that claims a national title. Yeah, it's very well said, Ben. And, and I think that's the beauty of the sport. That's the beauty of the traditions, uh, the rivalries. Uh, you, you brought up some some excellent examples. I'll even throw a Stetson Bennett out there that even on the national championship squad, one of the best defenses I have seen in the past 20 years, I think historically it'll go down as one of the best defenses. Uh, we'll see many of these guys continue at the NFL level. Uh yeah. The quarterback who wound up holding off JT Daniels, a former high-profile USC recruit who transferred from Georgia, was a walk-on. And, and so yeah. I think there are still plenty of stories like that that are out there. Having said that, I, I think it gets just a little bit harder for the non-power programs, mm-hmm. uh, the non-elite programs. I, I think the many changes that are taking place for coaches, and I will be curious if some of these coaches grow tired of the college landscape and and wind up going to the NFL, which I think is uh, less of a 12-month, every day on type of of an endeavor. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting how you not only recruit uh, if you're Arizona um, or if you're Indiana, uh, but the recruitment of keeping your players from leaving is going to be a fascinating task for assistant coaches and head coaches. Uh, That, to me, is one of the real headlines for Jordan Addison because uh, he was primed to – uh, still have another great season. Keaton Slovis uh, is now the quarterback or presumed to be the quarterback from Pitt, another high-profile USC transfer quarterback. So it's yeah. not as if the drop-off is going to be ridiculous from Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, Jordan is still going to be making plays, still going to be putting a highlight reel together to prepare for uh, either first day or second day of the NFL draft. And again, he left the ACC champion for, for a better opportunity. And I have no problem with it. Uh, his offensive quarterback, coordinator by the way mark whipple left for a better opportunity he's now at nebraska right uh his position coach his wide receiver coach uh brendan marion one of the top receiver coaches in the country left for a better opportunity at texas so jordan did the same thing and i just don't think we can fault him for that Absolutely so, and I think that's a great point, Rich, because a lot of people like to point at the players, these young college athletes, and they have an issue with them getting paid. But when a coach at the drop of a hat, like a Brian Kelly, leaves Notre Dame for LSU and then starts being in a southern accent, or Lincoln Riley <laughs> leaves Oklahoma in the middle of the night to become the new head coach at USC, we don't tend to have an issue with the idea that they're going to chase a bigger stature, bigger money, and have a bigger paycheck, or that a coach is just trying to improve their stock. That's what Jordan Addison is doing. But you bring up a great point to the other side of it because if you're Pittsburgh not only are you going to have the head coach in Pitt that right now I'm blanking on his name why is it not coming to me Rich help me out here yeah Thank you, Pat Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi, you're talking about, yeah. Yes, Pat Narduzzi, who calls sternly Lincoln Riley, apparently, and cusses him out for coming to recruit Jordan Addison. But you bring up a great point about if you are 
at a smaller school. It's not the idea that NIL is going to hold you back from getting a guy that's a two or three star out of high school. You're not going to get the five star recruit in the first place. Somebody at Illinois or somebody at Washington State is not going to be able to recruit the same players that Alabama or Georgia are recruiting. And it doesn't really matter if NIL is factored into that as well. However, let's say there's a great player at Washington State, a star running back who has a fantastic first two years up in Pullman, and then he becomes the talk of the town. And then with that NIL money that Alabama has or the NIL money that Oklahoma or Texas or throw in whoever you want here can go and get him because of the open landscape of name, image, and likeness, and of course, the transfer portal as well. And that has been paid to Jordan Addison. And it's that discussion that will further next and how it all looks in the Pac-12 because the conference will look different next year. No more divisions out west for the Conference of Champions. We'll discuss that up next year football full circle sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. To football full circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. Football full circle rolls on on this Friday, live on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside Rich Terminello, I am Ben Stevens. So for the last couple of weeks, really the last month of this offseason in college football, name, image, and likeness versus pay for play has been the discussion coming to a head yesterday with the war of words between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. But also yesterday, Rich, we got the official news update from Jordan Addison himself that the former Pittsburgh wide receiver would now be playing in Southern California at USC under Lincoln Riley alongside quarterback Caleb Williams. And a couple of weeks ago, it was Jordan Addison that was the focal point of this NIL debate because there were some rumors and reporting out there that the Booster Back Collective in Southern Cal was offering Jordan Addison $3 million to come play for the Troy 
Trojans. And Jordan Addison is deserving on a talent level of a big money deal because he was the Bolitnikoff Award winner last year, the best wide receiver in all of college football, a huge, advantageous add to any offensive system in CFB. But it was that focal point, that amount of money, and the fact that he could leave Pittsburgh, who had an ACC championship season a year ago, tons of changes for Pat Narduzzi and that program in this offseason to go to slightly greener pastures or maybe a better and bigger opportunity at USC and what that would mean in the NIL and transfer portal landscape we now find ourselves in in college football. Yeah, and the interesting thing for me, I'll equate it, Ben, to to Michigan State a year ago. I, I think for anyone who's looking at futures or team totals for 2022 or yep. any year moving forward, it's going to be essential to look at the transfer portal. This is college sports version of free agency. It's happening in massive numbers. Uh, Mel Tucker uh, with the Spartans last year did a brilliant job. Anybody who... Uh, didn't watch Kenneth Walker, didn't realize that this guy was a budding superstar at Wake Forest. It was not a Mm -hmm. huge surprise he had the season uh, that he did. Now he'll probably uh, do a lot of the same with the Seahawks beginning this fall. Uh, USC is doing a very similar type of a thing. There are a handful of schools. Ole Miss, led by uh, Portal King Lane Kiffin, has done a brilliant job. Uh, USC and Lincoln Riley have as well. I mean, this is the cherry on top with Jordan Addison, but he is is now one of a dozen plus players who were either four or five star recruits or were all conference last season uh, just a week or two ago they added Eric Gentry from Arizona State freshman All-American linebacker so you know you think about USC last year they go four and eight talent gap especially in the trenches uh, you know not not so great but man he has completely reshaped that roster on both sides of the ball so I still don't think USC is going to be a national championship contender this soon uh, but they have to be considered one of the favorites for the Pac-12 in 2022 and Lincoln Riley had to retool that roster he had to completely reshape it because after Clay Helton was let go very early in the year and by the time we came to the end of the 2021 college football season the roster as you would expect it to be for a football team at USC looked nothing like you would hope for the Trojans. So Lincoln Riley has come in there. He has retooled it. On the offensive side, Jordan Addison adds on to Caleb Williams, the quarterback who played under Lincoln in Norman last year for the Sooners. And Travis Dye, the outstanding running back from another Pac-12 foe in the Oregon Ducks. So that offense for USC should be great. And now, Rich, there's a lot of hype and excitement around the Trojans football program. Makes sense. One of the best coaches in the sport in Lincoln Riley with a Heisman contending quarterback in Caleb Williams adding all the pieces that you laid out as well and a very interesting thing Rich has happened this week in the Pac-12 conference because put into practice on Tuesday the NCAA FBS oversight committee changed its recommendations for how conferences go about formatting their conference championship pretty much what it means in layman's terms you don't need divisions you don't need divisional winners to play in a conference title game. You can choose how your league best wants to select the two teams that meet up in a conference championship game. And as soon as that was put into practice earlier this week, George Kliakov and the rest of the Pac-12 football conference decided we are getting 
rid of divisions. No longer a Pac-12 North. No longer a Pac-12 South. And it had an immediate impact, Rich, into the conference odds to win a Pac-12 title this upcoming season in 2022. USC unsurprisingly from a public perception is now the favorites to win the pac 12 at plus 140 a dollar and 50 cents greater than that a dollar and 60 cents ahead of the oregon ducks who have the second best price at three to one rich when there was comfort or when there was divisions rather in this conference oregon was the favorite to win the pac 12 title simply because their path through the pac 12 north to represent the weaker north division seemed to line up more with at least the fact that Oregon was going to play in the Pac-12 title game to have that chance of cashing a ticket as a conference champion. But you get rid of divisions. It's USC who leapfrogs the Ducks and is now the favorite at plus 140. Yeah, no, it's it's an excellent point. Uh, Oregon up north, just at least for for this year, does not have a lot of competition. And they're in a transition as well. Dan Lanning, uh, defensive coordinator of Georgia, now takes over uh, as the head coach. you got a new quarterback in Bo Nix by way of Auburn. Uh, but beyond Oregon, there really is no strong competitor. Washington is way down. It's not the Washington uh, team that we're accustomed to. Washington State has a new coach in Jake Dickert. Uh, Oregon State is improving under Jonathan, Jonathan Smith, but nowhere near Oregon. So the South is where the power is. And I applaud the Pac-12 for quickly moving because I want to see the two best teams. As a fan of the sport, I want to see the two best teams competing for a Pac-12 or a conference championship. And I I think it benefits the league as well because if you want to take that next step, what does the Pac-12 need to do next? They need to get back to the playoffs. It's only happened, uh, uh, what is it, once in the last five years with what? Twice in the the last five years. Twice total, but... yeah, so why yeah. Pac-12 needs to get back to, to the college football playoff, and and this will help to have the two best teams playing. It does benefit the teams in the South because now USC, Utah, UCLA, the three primary contenders, will not necessarily be boxed out of a Pac-12 title game if they don't win the South or what used to be the South. And it will be the two best teams based on winning percentage in conference standings of who represent the Pac-12 in their conference championship game for an opportunity for that conference title. And that's why the odds have shifted. As Rich also mentioned, please pay attention to the Utah Utes. On this program, Rich, both Joe Lisi and myself, big believers in Kyle Whittingham and Utah and what they return this year. Cam Rising at quarterback, the physicality up front, and certainly defensively, and what we saw on display going toe-to-toe with Ohio State in last year's Rose Bowl. Utah, the third best price at plus 400. UCLA factors in at 12-1. to Washington rounds out the top five at 14-1, to but three of the four best odds, as Rich alluded to, coming out of the former Pac-12 South, now just three of the four best teams in the Pac-12 conference. So it's not like we haven't seen this before. You could think of 2020 when the ACC scrapped divisions in that weird college football campaign and it was Notre Dame and Clemson when Notre Dame was a member of a conference based on win percentage in the conference that played in the title game and of course the Big 12 has been doing this forever since they instituted a conference championship game it's been the two best teams 
in the Big 12 that meet up each and every year. So the question now, Rich, is changing the formatting of how this all works. If we scrap divisions, can we still keep those long-standing rivalries? What does the scheduling format look like for each conference on a yearly basis? That's what the league offices are now tasked with doing, but I am a big proponent of this flexibility as long as we keep some of those long-standing rivalries, which a lot of conferences has discussed is an absolute must. And I, I think that has to be a priority, Ben. I mean, I, I think it would behoove every conference, every school. You know, there are certain games. I mean, obviously, uh, the victory bell between USC and UCLA has to happen, right? Yep. Uh, Pac-12 in general does a great job of, of pairing up uh, universities. Washington, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War. All of those have to continue. And I think it's possible. It might take some uh, scheduling agility to pull it off, but I certainly think it's possible to have your rivalry games, uh, have equitable scheduling, and then and then have a, a title game that involves just the two best teams. I think the one area where it could get a little bit wonky, uh, you might have those years where just you know a scheduling anom- anomaly where one program gets into the title game that maybe didn't face the, the powerhouses in the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could happen at times you know we've seen that out of the Big Ten West at times where if your crossovers in the East are you know the Indianas and the Rutgers perhaps you have a, a an easier pathway to Indianapolis so you know that could be an issue to be dealt with in terms of scheduling strength but I at the end of the day I think it's it's good for the players it's good for the fans to see the two best teams competing in Santa Clara for for a Pac-12 championship I, I, I think uh, I think that's a move that had to happen and I'm glad that the league was swift about it. Absolutely so. And I think we'll see that in a lot of conferences for here to come. Greg Sankey said that when in the SEC, when they expand to 16 teams, obviously meaning when Texas and Oklahoma join as of right now in 2024, that's when they'll have that discussion about maybe scrapping conferences. It's already underway in the Big Ten, and it's already underway in the ACC, those Power Five leagues that tend to set the trends in all of college football. The ACC saying last week, Rich, in some of their meetings, around what might happen in a potentially divisionless league and what the scheduling format would look like, could there be a couple of options put out there? Three long-standing games or three games that you play every year against your rivals so that we have Florida State in Miami, so that we have North Carolina in Clemson, whatever it might be, North Carolina and Duke. So you keep those games each and every year and then a rotational crop of the five others around the conference as the years play out. There's been discussions of having teams in pods not necessarily divisions but let's say in a 12 team pack 12 although we have gotten rid of conference or divisions here we already know that you have one pod pod a play pod d and you mix it up vice versa and that's how you put your schedule together as well as some of those long standing rivalries and i think as long as they keep those and they will in the big 10 we're going to have minnesota and wisconsin play every year we're not going to get rid of the game between ohio state and michigan we're going to have that every year an interesting kind of other side of that rich is for instance last year in the big 10 let's say the east and the west division were not a thing 
that Ohio State and Michigan would have rematched each other just the following week in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game, which might have stolen some of the luster and excitement behind Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines finally beating the Buckeyes for the first time in Jim Harbaugh's seven-year tenure in Ann Arbor. If they would have rematched the next week at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy and Ohio State blows them out, then yeah, you lose some of that. That could happen. That could potentially happen on some odd years throughout any of these conferences. But Rich said it very well. We want the two best teams in the league playing each other for a conference championship. And I think that's what we're working for right now. Not letting divisional hangups break up what we see. Because in the Big Ten East, they've done the conference championship game now six years. When we've had the East and the West division, the Big Ten East representative has won it each and every year, oftentimes being Ohio State. So as we continue on here on Football Full Circle, we'll round out the week with a couple more thoughts on the college football landscape as we end it out here on FFC. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We round out football full circle for this week and on this Friday right here on Sports Grid Radio and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside Rich Cervinello for the past two days, I am Ben Stevens. And Rich, we were just talking about the Pac-12, looking at some of the odds right now and how that conference stacks up now no longer with divisions. But a lot of the focus this week has been on the SEC, specifically the SEC West and the exchange between Nick Saban and Jimbo. Fisher to put exchange in as lightly as I could. The SEC West, though, still has Alabama because it is in a a division right now within the SEC that Alabama is a minus 400 favorite, Rich, to win the SEC West. A&M has the second best odds, but it's plus 600. Georgia on the other side in the East, even better odds than Alabama to win that division at minus 550. The odds indicate a Georgia-Alabama rematch in the SEC championship game this upcoming year. Rich, do you agree with what those odds are saying? 
Hard to disagree. I mean, I think Georgia will steamroll through the East for people expecting Georgia to take a step back because of all the losses on defense. Um, New year, new stars. I mean, Kirby is going to retool and regroup very quickly on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive line is still outstanding, and Stetson Bennett is back at quarterback. So I see Georgia uh, coasting through the East. West will be a little bit tougher for Alabama. It's It's an extremely, as you know, deep division. Um, Ole Miss is going to be tricky this year. Lane did such a remarkable job with the transfer portal. It's going to take some time to get everybody on the same page. There will be some chemistry issues. Uh, Jackson Dart, the former five-star recruit from USC, looks like he's ahead of uh, Luke Altmaier. But, yeah, it looks like Alabama, Georgia. But, man, the SEC West is as deep as ever this year. And uh, A&M and Alabama on October 8th, I think we'll have plenty to talk about leading up to that. 141 days, Rich Sermonello, until we see that blockbuster affair in Tuscaloosa at Bear Bryant Stadium. But who's counting? I know Jimbo Fisher certainly is. That does it for Football Full Circle on this Friday and this week on Sports Grid Radio. But it continues on with the money line and Kevin Walsh and Donnie right side next. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.